May I speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, happy Trinity Sunday to you all. This is one of our principal feast days, right up there with Christmas and Easter, that always occurs every year on the first Sunday after Pentecost. But it's kind of an odd feast day in the life of the church because we're not celebrating a person such as Jesus or Mary or one of the saints, nor is it a celebration of some significant event in the life of the church, like Pentecost. Instead, today we celebrate a doctrine, a teaching, and a way of understanding who God is and how God works that is so complicated that the task of preaching the Trinity Sunday Sermon usually gets assigned to the newest priest in a church as a kind of rite of passage. Throughout the history of the church, meaning in this case the past 2,000 years or so, there have been many attempts to describe the Trinity and to make exactly what the Trinity means accessible to Christians throughout the world. Most of these attempts have been dismissed as heresies for one reason or another, because you see the concept of the Trinity is just something that we as humans just have a hard time wrapping our heads around. Sure, we know that there is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, but who these persons are and what they do has been debated since the very beginning. Sometimes it can be easier to talk about what the Trinity is by talking about what the Trinity is not. The Trinity is not three gods. It is not the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as three separate entities. The Trinity is also not one God with three different personalities or forms. The Trinity, in the simplest of terms, is one God in three divine persons. The term Trinity actually is never mentioned in the Bible by name. And the doctrine of the Trinity came through the actions of the church, through the inspiration of Scripture, and through seeing God at work in the world. Through this inspiration over time, the church has associated different roles of God with the different persons of the Trinity. We associate God the Father to be the Creator, God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, to be the Logos, which is the Greek for Word, the Word of God, with a capital W. The second person of the Trinity is also the person of God which became human at the Incarnation as Jesus of Nazareth. And then there's God the Holy Spirit, who we see as God's action agent, the person of the Trinity who not only hovered over the waters at creation, but who came down at Pentecost after Jesus had ascended into heaven, and who continues to act in the world today. We can talk about the theological and the doctrinal aspects of the Trinity all day long, and still be just as confused as when we started. But the one aspect of the Trinity that I think is worth recognizing, especially worth noting this morning, 
is that the triune God, the three persons in one God, which we believe, which we confess every Sunday in the Creed, God, by God's very essence, is community. One of my favorite images of the Trinity comes from the Greek word perichoresis, which means going around or dancing. The word conjures up images of the three persons of the Trinity constantly turning around, dancing in and out of each other. Three, but also indescribably, one. We cannot just have one person of the Trinity without the other two, or else the dance becomes incomplete. God's very being is a community, and the foundation of this community is love. When God created everything, God was not simply creating for creating's sake. God was expanding the community of God in a new, in a more wonderful way. God created us because God loves us. And God created us so that we could love God and so that we could love each other. Right now, in our world, especially in our nation, our community is broken. There are entire populations of humanity, of our sisters and brothers, who have been cut off from feeling and knowing the love of their neighbors for hundreds of years. The events that we have all witnessed for the past couple of weeks, beginning with the senseless murder of George Floyd, these are not new ideas or passions that have suddenly manifested themselves across our nation. What we have seen and what we are living through today is a society, a community, that can no longer accept that anyone is unworthy of their neighbor's love because of who they are, what they happen to be wearing, or because of the color of their skin. All through our history as a people, the quest for equality and for justice has been ongoing in what seems to be an ever uphill climb. Every time a voice has risen from the less powerful, those who have power and authority have usually reacted with suspicion and fear. Fear that by granting others equality, that their own power and control would be in jeopardy. In the case of what we are witnessing today, systematic and institutional racism against our black brothers and sisters has become so ingrained in our American society that unless you find yourself on the receiving end, you may have not even realized that it existed in the first place. I am not a black man. I just happen to be born a white male. 
and I will never fully be able to understand or relate to what being a black person in America is like. I grew up in Mississippi, and I have been fortunate enough to travel the world and to live in many different places. I will never forget the time we were living in Italy, the time when a black coworker of mine was telling me about how different his experience was in Europe compared to when he was back at home. According to him, people in Italy knew him only as an American. But when he was back at home in America, people knew him only as a black man. We have to do better. America will never be truly great for all Americans until, as Martin Luther King Jr. stated, we are a nation where people are no longer judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. When God created humans at the beginning, God said that we were not just good, but that we were very good, created in nothing less than God's own image. We know, of course, that over time we fell short of this lofty calling, to the point where, out of love, God took on our human form and showed us just what it meant to love God and to love our neighbor. It was through Christ that all of humanity, our community, became reconciled to God. And it is through Christ that we are empowered to reconcile ourselves to each other. It's very hard to be a Christian by yourself. Our faith as followers of Jesus Christ is an active faith that calls us to go out into the world and make new communities and to restore broken ones, to spread God's love and to experience God through others. The root of all this goes to the very foundation of our faith. God, God's self, is not alone. God is a three-in-one, a triune God, a holy community. My prayer is that as the kingdom of God becomes more and more of a reality each day in this world, we all begin to experience community and relationships in our own lives in which our love, our hopes, and our dreams become so intertwined with others that the focus is no longer on me or you, but it is on us, sisters and brothers created as equals in the image of our loving and life-giving God. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Amen.